to We The Peeps. This is the American Soccer Podcast in which you're going to get to know everything that you need to know about the USMNT. I'm Clayton, and I'm an artist. I'm Ty. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm Amos. That's it, bro. And we love the Nats. Especially tonight. It's hard not to tonight. <laughs> Good God. We're halter in. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It's We The Peeps. It's We The Peeps. Welcome to We The Peeps. Are you ready for We The Peeps? Holy moly, it's We The Peeps. Folks, the game was USA. Oh, none other than. It's the biggie. USA versus Mexico. Oh my god, we have... So Classico CONCACAF. El Pepito, CONCACAF. We did it. We did it. Spoiler alert. Dos a zero. We are back in the supreme one spot for World Cup qualifying. We have won our third vital game versus Mexico in a row. And there looks to be no end in sight to the... To the to the greatness that is this era of American soccer. It's a wonderful night to be a fan of the Nats. Thank you for joining us. We are so glad to have you. Before we get into all this, uh, a little bit of housekeeping. So real quick, if you are already subscribed to our YouTube channel, you know that we are streaming this live uh, via YouTube. That's the quickest way to get all of the episodes. Before any editing or anything like that, you can just watch us hang out and attempt to record this a podcast that you know and love, or at least like just fine. <laughs> um, you know and maybe like. <laughs> you are okay with. You uh, can also support us, uh, please do, by, by following us on Twitter at WTP Pod. Super helpful for us. Helps us get the word out about stuff that we're doing, and it helps us stay connected with you in between eps. Um, you know, tell us, tell us what your favorite club team is or, or what's going on with you. Just in general, we like being connected with you. So follow us on Twitter. Five stars, please. We recently got to Zinko. 100 five-star reviews. Guys, thank you Ooh. so Ooh. much. That is glossy. Ooh. I can fucks with that. 105 stars. Um, we might have, a, we might have a, uh, someone joining us later in the pod to read some of those five-star reviews. So thank you for doing that. I hope you're like it was... Well-known individual. We'll see. Well-known individual. Um, Super grateful for that. And of course, for anyone who is already supporting us on Patreon, please understand that your contribution makes this show possible. It is not free. In fact, it is wildly expensive if you really think about it. It is the opposite of free. (laughs) And we try really hard to do this show. And it's super helpful that... Many of you, some of you, have decided to support us with five bucks. Many of you, some of you, a few (laughs) few of you, (laughs) a number of you, a number, decided to support us with five bucks. A number. We're not going to say it's a big number. At WTP Pod. Uh, So that's patreon.com forward slash WTP Pod. Makes a huge difference. Please consider doing that if you're enjoying the show. If you like seeing the Nats beat Mexico, Dosa Zero. Um, One way to contribute to that culture to make this happen even more is with five bucks on the Patreon. End of house or keeping. 
Guys, let's get it popping. There's only one way to get this started, and that's by Google searching the starting lineup so that you can know that our starting goalkeeper <laughs> is named Jack Steven. <laughs> oh, let's get it popping, Google. We've got to talk about this. Yeah. We'll come back. We'll come we'll back, come to, back this. to this. We'll, we'll tweet out the screenshot. It. Oh it, is tr- it is facts that, that Zach Steffen is official lineup. Jack, Jack Steven. Steven. On, on wow! Thank you guys. Okay, wow. uh, both gloves, Jack. <laughs> both gloves, Jack. Steven, um, Nomad Turner today. Hmm, it might just be fine. I feel like I've already forgotten. Maddie about no hands. Maddie no hands. <laughs> Maddie no hands. Okay, in the back we're gonna have the Robinson family band: Anthony, Jedi, Robinson, Walker, Zimmerman, Miles, Robinson, Skywalker, Zimmerman. Skywalker Zimmerman walk miles, walk miles. Anyone? Nah, it's not that good. And Andre DeYedlin, it's your boy, Andre DeYedlin. We love him. Okay, center midfield. Uh, it doesn't get much better than this, guys. You know him. You just know him. You just love him. You just Musa. Tyler Adams at the six. Imperial, the Imperial Tyler Adams, Captain Tyler Adams. West on manifest destiny. The West is yet to come, Weston McKenney. And up front, we are going to have the front three of not Christian Pulisic, uh, not starting at least. We're going to start with Timothy Weah, the world's future leader, future president <laughs> of the United president Nations. President-elect. Yeah, yo. <laughs> this guy can be president of Liberia. Why can't he be president of the United States? I, I want him in charge. I, would, I want him in he, charge. We'll put him in charge of anything. And right now he's in charge of the Nats, Timothy Weah. Up top versus his very own Mexico, Ricardo Pepe. And, of course, Brendan A.A. Rod Swanson. Okay, guys, this game. First half... Not too much stands out. The first half kind of blends together a little bit. Um, we would come quiet. out of it 0-0. It was quiet, but what, what, what I noticed most about the first half in telling this story is that the U.S. came out the better soccer playing team. That is what we saw. We saw 45 minutes of the U.S. playing the better soccer, a couple naive mistakes, and Mexico had some serious chances. Um, it felt good to see the U.S. playing well. In fact, better than Mexico, straight up better. Um, but it also felt concerning because it, it looked like Mexico may have the, the wily edge and may just be ready to catch us on an immature moment um, at, at any time. There was, there was some concern there. But we would make it to the half, for better or for worse, 0-0, zero, zero, right? There could have had some more clear-cut chances. We didn't, but we didn't let in any of those goals. Okay, coming back in the second half, this game would light the fuck up after about 10-15 minutes in the second half. My read is this started with a Tyler Adams-Tata Martino scuffle, in which uh, Tata Martino did a, did a head pat motion on I'm Tyler sure Adams. there's going to be a great walkie yeah. uh, <laughs> analysis of this. We'll, learn, we'll figure it all out for why <laughs> all these walkies on it right now. Um, but, uh, yeah, there was there, it's, this game started to get uh, chippy. It started to get um, a little bit more aggravated. The referee started to get involved. More hilarious referee, by the way. Until he would, he, I thought he was funny after the first half, and, and yeah, it was adorable. And, and I'm about yeah. to tell you this guy's fall from grace. Okay, so after the Tyler Adams situation, there is then a Brendan Aronson situation. Where who is the Mexican player that uh, Chaka Chaka Rodriguez? Chaka Rodriguez. Uh, I 
I guess the only way to describe it is rakes his fingernails across the face of Brandon Aronson. He grabs his face and shoves his fingers into his face holes. That's what happened. Um, His actual face. So Brandon Aronson ends up, I think by happenstance, already being subbed out for one Christian Pulisic. Have you heard of him? Heard of him? Have you heard of him? Uh, so, so just Aronson, out on the bed. Aronson, just a quick, just a little bit of relief. Uh, Aronson comes off the field looking like he got tear gassed in the face um, because he kind of did, um, and this and and this kind of erupts into this big argument that Wes McKenney gets involved in. Everyone's involved in it, and Pulisic takes the field. Right after that, Mexico gets a couple chances. Once again, feeling like. Maybe Mexico is the wily one here. Maybe Mexico is that. Am I somehow? I feel like I'm using the word wily is potentially cancelable in some way that I don't understand yet. But feeling like Mexico is the is the smarter team here, the more mature team, um, disrupting the smooth play from the U.S. with this sort of uh, this Concacaf bullshit, and carved out a couple chances. There was a free kick that Jack Steven uh, did a really nice job coming out. <laughs> Boy! <laughs> Man City's Jack Stevens. Jack Stevens. Uh, and then, and or then, and or then. <laughs> That's what Pep calls him. That's, <laughs> That's how it got changed. Jack! And or then. Uh, and the, or then. The U.S. would break through with the, uh, with a glorious, glorious Tim Weah dribs, ah, dribs, dribbles, sauce on sauce, double scissor, Smooth. cross, to what has oh. to be Pulisic's third touch at, at most. I, I thought maybe his first uh, of the game. Um, U.S. goes one up. It's a, it's a Pulisic header from a very slick Tim Way across. Amazing. Still very tense, this situation, I have to say. Um, this went from being a, a soccer game to being... Um, sort of a chaotic mess, which is what we know and love about USA versus Mexico. And luckily for us, there were some other subs, some other shit went down, but luckily for us, Weston McKenney would at first dummy this ball to Jesus Ferreira, who would then uh, kind of, it would bobble off a Mexican defender and somehow come back to Weston McKenney. And just in the smoothest uh, McKenney fashion, as, as we maybe are coming to expect, he slots this one away to the left side past David Ochoa. David Ochoa? Not past David Ochoa. Ochoa. Memo past Ochoa. Memo Ochoa, thank you. In the future, it'll be yeah. David Ochoa. He past one of them Ochoas. Yeah. He'll get to experience the pleasure of getting beat over <sighs> This game could have been 3-0. It didn't end 3-0. It ended Dosa 0. I'm not sure if it gets any better than that. Hi, what were your first impressions? So coming out of the U.S. wins in the Gold Cup final, Nations League final this summer, we went into this qualifying campaign feeling really good about where the U.S. was at in comparison to Mexico. As the U.S. started qualifying, they were not convincing. They didn't fulfill the promise that they had showed in those moments. And so we started to waver as to whether this really was the U.S.'s moment to start to put a a stamp of authority on the CONCACAF region. And today we got some very, very good confirmation that this U.S. generation, this U.S. team, is ready to be the top dog in CONCACAF. The team has not had to go to a tough away game yet 
and get a result. And so we're going to learn a lot in those future matches when the U.S. is faced with even more adversity. But I think we can safely say at this moment that the U.S. has more talent, more footballing talent than Mexico. And that is something we've not been able to say in our lifetimes. In our lifetimes. So it is a truly special moment for the U.S. national team to see this young generation come out to ball, not just to disrupt Mexico, not just to be more athletic, be, be more athletic or be, be stronger be, or disrupt Mexico, but to beat Mexico with our soccer. So it's a beautiful thing. I, I can't believe I, what I just watched. And I, I'm, I, it, it, it amazes me to see another glorious Dos Acero return to the great state of Ohio. And I'm, I'm over the moon right now. Dude, it's out of control. It's the third one. This is a different era. Uh, guys, I need to introduce my boy Amos. Amos is with us. Uh, yeah. If you weren't on the live stream, it's your first chance to meet Amos. I grew up with Amos, and he low-key knows a lot, is, has been able to um, just knows, knows some stuff about soccer, So, and is also just an awesome guy. So thanks for, thanks for hanging out with us. Thank you for having me. I'm glad we did this. Um, wow, where to start? Yo, after seeing this, I will say I think Mexico is going to be third best in CONCACAF. Damn. I will go that far. You got Canada. I got Canada. Canada I both them right now. I mean, just seeing Mexico really didn't make, create many dangerous chances. It was really two mistakes. Yeah. Defensive mistakes in the first half, and they couldn't even capitalize off either. I mean, Chucky Lozano is going to be a great player, but... And besides that, well, Raul Jimenez is still getting the swing of things. It was nice to see Raul Jimenez back on the field. It was. It was. It was. That. But like, but we're, what we're seeing is the end of a generation. I feel like with with this Mexican team, they're in they're in the same type of transition that I think we were just a few years ago. And yeah. you know, I mean, they're still talented enough. They're still going to qualify. They're right. We're neck and neck up front, right there, first and second. It's goal difference. But they, like, in this qualifying campaign, if you change a couple late goals, they could actually be in trouble as well. So they've, they've had some luck on their side to even be in a position where they're, they're like, barely up to their standards. Yeah, yeah. And, and so what do you think? How can Tata possibly keep his job after losing three times in a row to the U.S.? We can't remember a time this is ever happened in the Mexico. <laughs> yeah, there was this thought that it happened in like 1930, but it had to have been Mexico. The last time there was three... Cons- it, was, it, was it was three in a year. It was three in a year. Don't forget, we were like, weren't we like semi-finalists in the World Cup way back then or some shit? That was in the 50s, right? We, well, we were, we, we came in fourth in the first World Cup, yeah. That was the first one. Was yeah. But, but, so, discounting this, uh, how, how can Tato Martino possibly keep his job? Am I missing something here? How... I mean, he's going to keep, well, I think he's going to keep it because I think the Mexican Federation knows this is probably the least talented, right, like, group of players they've had for a long time. I think you guys said it as well. I mean, this is probably the first time in our lifetime that the U.S. is more talented than Mexico. Yeah. I mean, body for body, it's crazy to see. We, live, we have so many players in the Champions League. Mexico only has two. It's wild, man. It's blowing my it's blowing my goddamn mind. And I can't 
I also, it's not just the talent because we've kind of known that the talent was there. It's, it's seeing what we had hoped was, was well, yeah, we've known this potential seeing this congeal into into solidity. Um, we were we were kind of like marveling at how DeAndre Yedlin is this elder statesman of this team. We watched him. We watched him go from being this like ridiculous firecracker, um, sort of doing something hilarious every game, to just being the most level-headed, like basic dude on the field. Um, there's something very beautiful and, and pleasing about that. Yeah, there's evolution. a circle of life <laughs> with DeAndre Yedlin. Yeah, yeah. It's like yeah, seeing it's like seeing your boy like you know nurse. Yeah, like sober up, I have a baby. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Naps and diapers and shit like that. It's awesome. I'm I'm happy to see it. But what what stands out to me about this performance is that is the um, is the passing, is the possession, is that this was not. Dude, this ended up being a heart based win, right at the end. Somehow it became a chaotic heart based win. There was such a large portion of this game that the U.S. uh, was was showing that. And so it's a relief, honestly. It's a relief. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. What really surprises me about the way that this game played out is that the U.S. got the upper hand once it got chaotic. And like Clayton said, I think when those kind of moments happen, we're used to Mexico being able to capitalize on those things, being able to capitalize on the discomfort of the opponent, as they have done a couple times in qualifying when games have gotten gotten hectic or gotten a little wild or gotten out of hand. And this often happens in these frenetic atmospheres in the U.S., particularly when they play in Dallas or they play in L.A. or they play in these incredibly pro-Mexico uh, environments. And what we saw today was that when the game started to slip out of that controlled environment, the U.S. was the team that was ready to pounce on that. The yeah. U.S. was the team that was ready to grab that energy. So what do you think? Do you think that's an attribute of the personnel? Is that the mentality? Does, is, it, is it the crowd? You know, the, it's, the really, it's really crowd? hard to quantify that. I think we saw over the summer, and, and we saw similar, a similar trait. The Nations League final was won this, in this exact same match. Absolutely. Um, and it was... And it was Exciting to watch as a U.S. fan, but it lacked um, solidity. It, it it lacked like assuredness. Um, so your but your question is what, how do you foster that? Uh, well, what, how'd that happen? Because I'm I'm used to seeing games kind of break down, and then the U.S. loses an edge when it comes to Mexico games. So well, there was once a time. I think you know early on in our U.S. fandom, we, there was a U.S. team that that won when it became about heart, and that tried to make games about heart more than about skill. Um, and then we just got used to a different era. We got used to the Breck Shea era. Uh, <laughs> where it didn't matter. Right? It doesn't matter if we have heart at all. <laughs> um, it's all good. So, you know, I like to believe there's just something in the crest, that there's something about us. You know, there's that 91 team or whatever it is. that, that I'd like to believe that there is just something about the American ethos that makes you believe in moments like that. That's what I'm going to go with, the, the Disney answer. I mean, sometimes that shit is real. Yeah, I mean, I think it's two things. One was that Nations League final for this group of players was really their first big USA-Mexico match. 
the one that like mattered. Yeah. And that shit was chaotic as fuck. Yeah. That, sh- that match was from the beginning. Nuts. Yeah, from, from the, the jump. beginning. Yeah. From the yeah. jump. It was nuts. I mean, it was not pretty. But, I mean, it was entertaining as hell to me. I mean, it was. It was yeah, it was one of the best great. Games but I think for them, yeah. they kind of like that was, you know, whatever type of psychological barrier was there, that put them over. And they came out with that, you know, winning the final and knowing like, all right, we've been through it. Okay. And two, that was, I mean, probably one of the most pro-American crowds they've played in front of in boom. a long time. Yeah, boom, for real. Um, so the, we did we did talk about that a little bit too, that it's surprising how few Mexican fans there are in the stadium. Want to add another key factor to winning games in chaotic moments? That's Christian Pulisic. I mean, Christian Pulisic going top bins, ice cold. Christian Pulisic, ice cold. The run he makes for this goal is not easy to make. It takes it's a Luis Suarez optimism that where he accelerates in this moment where. It's very hard to really believe that you're going to end up on the end of that cross. Yeah, and I remember reflecting on, sort of incidental, but reflecting on the career of Josie Altidore. Trying to think, well, Josie Altidore is like the third top goal scorer in U.S. history. He's got like 35 goals for the U.S. Or like that. And I was just thinking, well, how many of those goals actually really counted? You know, how many of those goals were really in moments that mattered? Because when I was thinking about it, I was like, he, he doesn't hold a candle to the other guys in the history of U.S. soccer who are on that list of those top five goal scorers. And this is what I'm talking about. Christian Pulisic is 23, 20, 22, 23. In this year, he has scored two vital goals to beat Mexico. These are the kinds of things that the prior generation just had trouble ever accomplishing, you know, with yeah. with with certain notable exceptions, like Michael Bradley coming up with the, the, the goal in Azteca, you know? Mm-hmm. But there, we were, we've just been crying out for players who would come up big in these moments to deliver those critical finishes that the team needed. Mm-hmm. And you could so easily see that, see Josie Altidore Skies skying it. that, that <laughs> exact chance from, from Tim Weah in some weird alternate universe over the bar. Um, I'm thinking of the penalty kick, the top or the, uh, the top penalty, penalty kick, penalty, oh, you know. So, so it is just so it's it's indescribably pleasurable to see a U.S. team like deliver on what it could be in a way that prior generations have not been able to do. And I I, I appreciate everything that they contributed, but this is this is a different level. I mean, this is the best U.S. team I've ever seen in my life. Oh hell yeah! Not even close. Yeah. I mean, wait, what was I going to say? What happened with the crowd? How, how, why was the crowd so pro-U.S.? I mean, I'm get, I think the way they do ticket sales these days, um, they make sure, especially in smaller venues, that it goes out to, like, U.S. soccer supporter groups. Yeah, so, you know, general sales going to go out to U.S.A. They need to make big bucks. Yeah, they can. They have some ways of manipulating the ticket supply, and then I think that also, I, I'd be curious to hear from some people who are in the stadium because on TV they can present it in a way that feels more pro-American than maybe it actually I think is. Even then, because you were, you know, still panning when it. Of course, it of course, but like, like 
There have been U.S. to to this point. I, I hear what you're saying. But to this point, the, those games that we referenced during the stream of like where they play in uh, L.A. and they have like three thousand people in the stands, they pack them in on the side uh, opposite the camera to make it look like there's more going on. They pump up the audio. They have the American Outlaws to to lean on. To get that that crowd audio, so, so we're so not even we're not sure we're not sure we can't be us. sure from what we saw of what it was. Is there actually. anything we can I'm glean from? Sure. You're fairly sure. sure. Yeah. Is there anything we can glean from Polisic celebration where he points to his ears? So, okay, so Polisic <laughs> celebration. I just read because I was trying to understand what the hell was happening with this whole situation. He's pulled up his shirt and stuff. So Memo Ochoa apparently during the week said that Mexico is the mirror against which the United States looks at itself. So me- Soccer-wise or just in general? Soccer-wise. So Mexico is Mexico is the standard, and the U.S. looks at Mexico. It's Gabriel Garcia Marquez. It's <laughs> really poetic. And apparently, Christian Pulisic's shirt said, Man in the Mirror. <laughs> oh. Which is, no, if this epic. is, like, deliberate, this is that's so epic. This is like a level of nuance to shithousery that I've never even witnessed in any sport. Mm-hmm. You know that I mean, this is this is like they're writing they're writing fiction in front of us. <laughs> Yo, I wish he wrote it in Spanish. That's <laughs> why, <laughs> <laughs> like, like Brandon Donovan, like, like for that shit, just wrote it, you know, wrote it in Spanish. That should have been epic. Next time, buddy. Next time, <laughs> man. But that's what was so funny with like Landon Donovan because like he speaks Spanish and he just like shit on people. Like I think that's what made like Mexico more pissed about it. Totally. I think if Landon Donovan has Spanish, a unique ability way. to piss people off across the globe. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so just think, on another level. I think yeah. Pulisic has a lot of that in him. Like I yeah, think, I think there's a, there's a potential where Pulisic is like a lifetime villain. For Mexico fans, which would yeah. be just delicious. Yeah, delicious. Yeah, weird. So. Yeah, light side, dark side. Uh, yes. A little, yes. We, we were we've been doing about, a little yeah. light side, dark side. Uh, we've got Polisic dark side. <laughs> maybe a maybe a surprising pick for some. We have uh, we have Weston McKenney dark side as well um, with his with his witch hair, and <laughs> we've got Tim Way and Tyler Adams light side. Uh, Ricardo Pepe still developing. We'll we don't know yet. We'll see. Yeah, he's, he's uh, the, and, uh, and, the 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 yeah, yeah. of this situation. Yeah, and Brendan Aronson is like someone's uncle. He's not. He's not <laughs> a Jedi. <laughs> Brendan Aronson's not a Jedi. You're sure? Wow. All right. All right. He's in wow. He's in wow. He's a Padawan. Wow. Padawan. Wow. He's a Padawan. <laughs> um, what did we think of his game? I thought it was a little quiet. Thought it was a little quiet by his by his illustrious U.S. standards. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know he he, I think getting scraped in the face is, uh, it's actually it's does say something. You don't get yeah. scraped in the face if you don't matter. There you go. Right. So he's he was at least annoying enough to to elicit a scrape. Oh, I forgot to say what I needed the ref, by the way. Oh, yo. First yeah, of all, yeah, yeah. no yellow. A little bit. No, no yellow. Let's talk about the red card incident. That's what end. I'm saying. No yellow on the Aronson thing. And then before the end of this game, Miles Robinson somehow gets a red card. It's, by the way, right after Pulisic gets hacked hard by Ache Ache, 
to no to no effect, to no avail, nothing happens. Bishop boy. Bishop, Bishop boy. And then, and then immediately after, almost the next play, Miles Robinson maybe brings someone down on a counterattack. Fine. It's a yellow. Yellow. It's a maximum. Yellow. It's a yellow. It's, Says, like, it's a hand on the shoulder. Max yellow. How many words does Miles Robinson get out? Two to three words. I don't know what two to three words he chose, but it immediately turned the yellow to a red somehow. Whatever he said to the ref. There's a select few words that he could have chosen. Yeah. I'm and, sure. I, and, and I don't think that Miles Robinson is that kind of person. I just think this was some bullshit. Yeah. Some bullshit. Yeah. No, how, how you can not get sent off. Like, the, it is so fucking hard to get sent off as a Mexican national team player. It's so ridiculous. unbelievable the things that they have done. The amount of times they've kicked U.S. players in the face, <clears throat> you know, choked U.S. players straight up. Straight up. Like, hands on the throat. Hands in the eyeballs. This is not acceptable. What else is the red card for? This is insane. I mean, I feel he was just on a power trip. I think we were watching it. You yeah. Know, like, one Mexican player tried to get back at him, and he was just like, kind of like, what? Like, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> like, he was just on a power trip. Let's be real. Because, I mean, during that first scuffle after uh, fucking with Brendan Aronson and everything, I mean, nobody was going after the ref. People were trying to talk to him. They were all going after each other. He gave out his yellow cards. But in that, you know, the minute he went back at him, I'm sure he, I don't know if he was, with Miles Robinson, I don't know, we don't know what he said. But, like, you know, he's definitely getting ticked off because of the foul, what should have been a foul. Yeah. With the Pulisic yeah. on the other end of the field. Like, yeah, he, it, it feels I'm like he sure was just, like, projecting his own, you know, the ref anxiety was. or anger. Yeah, the ref was having, the ref was, like, do with it. yeah, he was, like, having a moment of some kind. He was having a, some he, sort of spiritual moment. <laughs> and it was, I mean, it was like, if I was uninvolved in this, if I was a neutral in this, the ref would have been my favorite part of this game. Because he was, he's hilarious. He's he a hilarious guy. The chaos. Yeah. And yeah. He, he just kept his facial expressions, everything. He did something early on in the game that made DeAndre Edlin point at him and laugh. Which I just I want to know so badly what the ref said to, to DeAndre Edlin. Well, it's not yes, we can watch it again. We can pull that back. Yeah, we, can, we, can, we can we can we can it. Yeah, I I would pay so much money to have like proper field audio to just hear Dude. all the shit that gets oh. that gets uh, yelled. It would yeah. be incredible. It would be incredible. Yeah. They're saving it for a nice documentary, though. That's right. Yeah, that's right. For the uh, for thirty, yeah, the, the all or nothing, all or nothing Nats. Oh, whatever. They made that Zizou film. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Film. Exactly. Shit like that. Yes. I, I would love a doc. I would love a doc. So where where do we where do we go from here? Where do we go from here? We got Jamaica. We go to Jamaica. Jamaica away. It's Tuesday night. I think it's like six thirty Eastern. If they don't, if he doesn't fucking pull that squad rotation shit again and actually respect... Well, what do you think is going to happen? In all seriousness, is Berhalter about to rotate seven players? Yeah. I can't imagine that. This is not the window to do that because this is a two-game window, not a three-game window. So this is, the, this is the window where you don't have to rotate. So if he does it, it's freaking idiotic. Now, we have the, the issue that we thought we might have Yes, because Robinson is bring, now suspended. We didn't bring our our best center back. Yep, presuming him to be our fifth or sixth best center back, and now we're yep. down a center back, and so it's going to have to be Zimmerman and McKenzie starting. 
I think it would be Richards. I, I would go with Richards, but I don't have any indication that Greg trusts Richards yet. Uh, Richards came on in this game. Mackenzie did not. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Yeah. yeah, I like that. I think Mackenzie in the Nations League final, I mean, he was just... A, he was all over so, the shop. Yeah. It was rough. It was bad. Yeah. And uh, I guess, I don't know about his form in Belgium right now, but it seems to be like yeah. he's not as, you know, on as he was. Well, enough to get him picked over... John Brooks. Uh, over John Brooks, who's starting and winning games in Champions League and Bundesliga. Yeah. Like, I, mean, I, don't, I don't know what else John Brooks had to do to show his form was sufficient. I feel like there was something else going on there, and that was just a smokescreen. But. I mean, oh, maybe they asked not to send, not to release John Brooks. Maybe, or I don't know, some personal stuff or something like that. So also, I mean, I'm sure also John Brooks is, I mean, is he was in Mexico. I mean, the, the dude must be pretty wants to be right now. Um, I don't know. It's, it it is a mystery. We can speculate, speculate, speculate. But at this point, it would have been better if he was in this. It's that's true. Yeah, whatever whatever yeah. shit there was that caused him not be here. This is the situation where we need yeah. him. And yeah. yeah, it's it's it 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 would really really suck if we got kind of exposed for the lack of depth. Um, this is yeah. This is a really important moment because this win looks way different if we draw or God forbid lose. Uh, to Jamaica. To Jamaica, yeah, exactly. Uh, there's, there's a lot of momentum here. I mean, so we're at the halfway point of qualifying. The U.S. has two points per game, which is way above the line that you need to qualify. That's 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 exactly the, you you have you have a good shot to even be the first in the group at two points per game. So the U.S. has firmly passed the first half of qualifying. It would be difficult for the U.S. to not qualify from this point. It would be it would be pretty shocking if the U.S. didn't. Now, all that said, we care also about how the team develops and grows. And the U.S. And has gotten colder each game. game. So yeah, so I I agree. Except I for that one U.S. Game. I think the U.S. Well, even the, I don't know. I feel like the trend is towards a cohesion and yeah. towards a style that is. That is building. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, I don't know. I'll have to give uh, credit to Burhalter for that. After all hey, that it's your boy, psilocybin Burhalter. Post COVID Burhalter. If you lost this, would you? He'd have to be out of here. No, yeah, no, no, way. no, no, no. Way. At this point, he is unfireable. He's unfireable. Oh yeah, because yes. of, you know. Well, he was unfireable to begin <laughs> with, of course. But at this point, he is, to me, unfireable. There's I will, oh, because of this win. Because of this win. At, oh, at, but after, if they, did after, not, if they had lost tonight, yeah, it would have been. The, I think it would have been the end. The conversation opens up. Yeah. I don't think it would have been the end. It wouldn't have been the end for me if they had lost tonight. As far as my Greg opinion was, but it depends on how they lost. So if they go out, to, if they. Play Mexico, and I don't understand the starting lineup, for instance, right, and we exactly. lose, it's, it's then like, it's a much different conversation. George Bello at we, goalkeeper. Right. We <laughs> see a starting lineup that makes sense to me for the most part. You know, Totally. Um, if it didn't go our way, I would... So if, if both halves were like that first half, and, and, and we just and let in our Mexico, Mexico nick, nick the goal, yeah. I would say it's hard to fault Greg for that. I, I would agree. I, I think it's what it is. Yeah, I mean, aside from aside from Brooks, like the the lineup was reasonable. The tactics seemed totally standard, reasonable. Yeah, 
it's it's a weird thing with him. I think part of what's happening with Burhalter is that the players on the field are so fucking dope that to go from being fans of people like Weston McKenney and then to kind of like shift your gaze slightly to the left and see Greg Burhalter is just a it's, it's, it's not very it's very incommensurate. Very, yeah. Um, and can we talk about Tim Weah? Ugh. Man of the match. Oh my oh god. Man of the oh match done so bin stamp Tim Boy. New York City. The the birthplace of for future international world, world potentate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tim the of Earth. He had his best game in the US shirt, as oh, far as yeah. I can remember. Oh, yeah. Oh, man yeah. of the match. Even in even in games where he's found a way to score goals, or the the game where he kind of forced the own goal uh, against Costa Rica, I feel like this game he controlled what the U.S. was doing on offense. He contributed in a way that I've never seen from him. Well, he contributed in a way that we've been seeing Aronson contribute a lot, which was the he was the speed up. Yeah, he was the he right. was the giddy up. Yeah. Guy. Yes. 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 Yeah, he he was dictating the pace. He was pushing Mexico into uncomfortable situations and found a way to capitalize. That 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 cross, it was unbelievable. I think if you look at it, it from from I think like uh, to a person who doesn't watch a lot of soccer, it wouldn't look like much. But we've seen so many players try to make that cross, and that that cross usually ends up maybe it goes out for a corner or maybe it floats over the crossbar. But to turn, like, it doesn't even look like he has any sort of angle. He's almost like a foot behind the defender when he hits the ball. Mm-hmm. And for the ball to, to to just shoot directly at Pulisic's head from that angle is just stunning. That was, I mean, yo, that's a champions. That's a champions. That's a goal of champions. It is that literally is Timothy Weah defending Ligue 1 champion with Lille and fucking European champion. Christian Pulisic. I mean, yeah, Weah, though, like, that cross, I was so sure was just going to deflect out for a corner. Yeah. <laughs> so I, cannot, I cannot believe it. I know. It was a mind It was inches, and it was like, wow. Well, I, it's, it does blow my mind. And to, to your point, as a Mexico fan, I mean, you have to be thinking, like, this is fucking unfair. They've got, they've got a French champion crossing to a European champion. Like what happened? How did this the tide turn so fast? When they they were on the upswing, they had they should have been on stuck on. Twitter. They would yeah, have they don't have anything else. We we knew this was happening for a long time. But it's, it's, it's the the talent gap is starting to develop as these guys get older. They get into their more into their mid career. It's really starting to emerge that the, that the U.S. actually is more talented. I, I keep saying it because I I can't believe it myself, but oh, it's believe I, it. I think it's real. Believe it. Liga MX is in such like a weird position right now. I feel like they MLS MLS is worth more money than Liga MX now. Yeah, I mean the amount of money that MLS over the past decade have been you know all these clubs invest in their youth academies. Is crazy. Yeah. I mean, Mexico's just been complacent to me. I don't know. Like, well, and, yeah, and, and Mexico hasn't had a lot more potential to reach. Like, Mexico has been, has been, been operating at a max that has been very, very good and has, has made them 
one of the most, you know, if you look at it in, in aggregate, one of the most successful national team programs in history. They've, they've made it to so many World Cups. They've had they've had great runs. They've had great historic players. They never got out of the round of 16. But I get that. No, I get yeah. that. I get that. But, but, yeah, if you cut down the World Nations to the teams that have just made the round of 16, in the, it's the last five it's like World Cups. It's like 25 it's, teams. It's, it's like... Five teams mm-hmm. who have actually made it to the knockout stage of all of those World Cups. Oh, all each time. Yeah, yeah. I was like, well, there's 16 in one of them. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you mean consecutive knockout rounds. Yeah. It's five teams. Yeah. yeah. So, so to me, Mexico, Mexico has achieved a lot. And, but there's just not much more oxygen there to burn. Yeah. And what we're what we've always thought is that the U.S. had all of this potential if if they could put it together, and it's 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 almost like overwhelming to see it kind of come to fruition because you just think it's a dream. It's, it's not a reality. Dream. It's, it's not, not a dream. dream. We're, we're we not dreaming. Folks. Yeah. We made it Good. to the promised Good. land. Oh my goodness! Good. May there be many more to come. Join us. I think part of it also, especially in Mexico, salaries are good, man. Salaries are good there. So if you're there, you you know, if you're a stud and you got an Equis, life is good. Yeah, Yeah, life is good. You're probably not going to make as much because chances are you're going to have to go to the Netherlands or Portugal before you make that move to a bigger club. And you're not going to make as much. So we're sitting on all these Jordan Morrises over there. Yo, pretty much. It's literally because That's hilarious, but actually exactly Exactly. It's it's wild. It is wild. I mean, MLS used to have that, you know, reputation. The U.S. National team has that reputation. Our squad used to be like half or more MLS players. But the guys, I mean, to be fair, on the Mexican side, the guys who were the most prominent on the field today are players who have gone over here. Yeah. Herrera, Tecatito, Lozano, yeah. Jimenez. And they, they still didn't have enough. Now, the, the big wrinkle is mm-hmm. when we go to Azteca, can this team possibly look as good as it has looked? You know what? I have been the, the rate of improvement that that our Nats have shown over the past six months is unbelievable. I have seen things I never thought I would see. I didn't think they would win the Nations League. I didn't, you know, they, yeah, we so didn't think they would win the Nations League. We didn't think they, they would win the Gold Cup. Keep surprising yes. they, I thought they might win tonight, but not like this. This was a different thing than I thought was going to happen tonight. So at this point, with the Greg Berhalter experience and with this team in general, going into the Azteca, I'm going to go ahead and just benefit of the doubt this one. Who knows, Just bro. say, who yeah. fucking Ooh, knows? Bullish. I'm going to tune in. Let's be bullish. Let's be bullish. It might, yeah. This could, this could really, really go our way. Let's find out. Let's find out. I love it. Well, uh, we got to get past Jamaica at the office first. Yeah, yeah that's the thing. Yo, when was the last time we went to Jamaica for a qualifying the final phase? Oh, actually, literally the last qualifying. We've, we've, we've gone. We've gone, but it hasn't always been good. It hasn't always been good. The U.S. Has, has pulled away wins there, but you know more frequently than in Mexico. Um, but it's always been a tough place for the U.S. to go. Now, I believe, though, I believe, though, that um, they are, at least for this window, there are no fans in Jamaica, I think because of COVID stuff. So that would be a big factor because the, the crowd in Jamaica is, is usually pretty strong. 
This is like probably one of their best squads in a long time. Well, it has been. It it it, it is talent wise, but they haven't been able to access all of that talent. Not everybody's been showing up, and they haven't really been able to pull it into anything cohesive. So yeah. I think their team is is in. It's not in a great place. They have, they have some individual talent that maybe could wake up, but they haven't been able to put it together. So I think it's a very passable test for the U.S., uh, but it, it, it gives us kind of another opportunity to look at this um, CONCACAF road sort of myth, bugaboo thing that the U.S. team has. And look, if you can beat the players that they beat today as convincingly as they beat them, you can beat Jamaica at home. Hell yeah. You can beat Jamaica. I, th- so I, 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 I don't want to hear any fucking... I don't want to hear no bullshit. I do think we're going to see more changes than you would like to see. Like, I just want to get you well, mentally, we'll mentally and emotionally. Kenny's not going to be there. Miles Robinson's not going to be there. Yep, suspended. We're going to see Turner. I think we see some Busio action, which I'm all about. All about the boost train, the boost cruise. <laughs> Take me on that boost cruise. On it. I think Jesus Ferreira starts. Ferreira over Pepe to start. Yeah, yeah. I'm not okay. saying what right. I want. Right. I'm just, just telling you free. what yeah. is gonna yeah. happen. All right, all right. 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 Pulisic off the bench again. Pulisic off the bench at best. At best. Pulisic off the bench, I think, is the smart choice. Yeah, given everything. Oh man, and he shredded too. I mean, Chelsea would not be happy if he started. <laughs> I know he would not be happy. I think he. I think, and I think if we go into the second half with a lead, I, I think he might not play. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, if we don't need him, why use him? Insurance. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, Reggie you know, Cannon will play. Oh, uh, please. Uh, I mean, like <laughs> he's, he's solid right now, but yeah, I really, yo, Yunus Musa. Musa was irreplaceable today. Musa I think he added. Gorgeous. He added. He was the the uh, the factor that tipped the scales to the U.S. Well, in terms of technique. In terms of technique and possession, and there's this thing that keep that's happening now, where for a while it was like the U.S. can't be the U.S. without Pulisic, and then it, and you can't replace Pulisic, right? And then it was like, can we get some players to complement Pulisic to kind of be like Pulisic? And then it was like, then it was like, we can't be the U.S. without Tyler Adams. Right, we have no one who can replace Tyler Adams. We're fine without Pulisic, <laughs> and and now Yunus Musa and Weston McKennie Busio. are becoming yeah. these players that it's like hard to imagine what the U.S. would be without Yunus Musa on the field, yeah. and we just keep cranking out more dudes like Sergio that. Des. We thought. <laughs> Sergio yeah, Des, absolutely, yeah. So many irreplaceable players yeah. that they can actually be replaced. That they're totally yes. replaceable. Yes, yes at this yes. point. Well, yeah, they can't necessarily individually be replaced, but none of them is making such a big contribution that we can't win without them. Or there's just someone waiting who is going to make a different but also very but awesome also contribution, like Tim Weah was for the past year. Absolutely. He's just been waiting. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Yeah, I love it. Well, and do we think that um, the U.S. can actually replace and succeed without uh, Jack Stevens? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because we have uh, Ms. Tarnar. <laughs> we have let's talk. Let's talk about this. So. We have we have Max. <laughs> we have Max Turnout. <laughs> Max Turnout. <laughs> so in the official Google listing, the official Google lineup for this game, which I presume comes from a source other than Google, probably comes from FIFA or something. Yeah. 
The name because of from the U.S. Goal from Pro Evolution Soccer. The manager. name of the U.S. goalkeeper is Jack Steven, and you can <laughs> click on it. And it leads and it's to a page a picture of Zach Steffen. Zach Steven with a picture of Zach Steffen. And I recognize that this kind of glitch could happen anywhere to anyone, but it feels, to me, it is emblematic of something I noticed today, walking around New York City all day, Sure, which is nothing no attention. I'm the only person wearing a U.S. shirt. There's no advertising. There's no energy to this kind of game. And this is one of the biggest dates on the calendar for U.S. soccer. And it feels like such a waste. How much money are we spending on all sorts of shit? We can't spend some money to get some billboards to tell people that the U.S. is playing in the most important games that it's playing? I mean, come on. I think New York City is definitely a soccer city, but it's not a U.S. national team. It's not an MLS city by yeah. any means. But why not? That's what I'm, that's what I'm trying to get because at. Like, I want that to change. I think one thing, well, I mean, we are a city of immigrants. People are all over. That's why I think we got one qualifier here against Costa Rica, and we fucking lost. That was a bad choice. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, it's it's that. We're a city of immigrants. It's, you know, there's obviously going to be dual loyalties. Of course, there's U.S. fans all over the city. But I think also, whereas, you know, with Cincinnati, Columbus, like, you know, those, uh, what else we play qualifier? Colorado, Seattle, and such. I mean, MLS, the ownership groups out there with the, those franchises, they did it right. They turned them into soccer cities. So, you know, come when U.S. national team is going to be on, it's going to be a big deal. Yeah. And they also don't have as much going on. Whereas in New York, NYC, Red Bull's out in New Jersey. Nobody cares. <laughs> no one gives a fuck. Nobody's Sorry. Here. NYCFC botched that whole shit. They really they did. They just yes. sucked Yankee Stadium. Yes. Nobody gives a fuck. That first supporter group that came was a joke because they were like, we're going to be the anti-ESC and they just, which is basically being dumb as shit. Um, and it just turned off a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, I would say if there was, and we'll see what happens. With, I'm curious to see with Queensboro FC this coming season. What's up with that? Tell me about that. Um, it's the USL Championship, David Villa's co-owner, they're going to be, they're literally opening the first soccer-specific stadium in New York City. Wow. On the site of York College um, in Jamaica, right by Jamaica, 179th Street Station, where E, J, yeah. But I mean, at the end of the day, yeah, I mean, this isn't, a U.S. soccer city. It's not an MLS city. Yeah. It's not a national team city. And also, yo, we got, you know, Cincinnati has, the red season is done. The Bengals are going through some bullshit right now. University <laughs> of Cincinnati. But I like, I, yeah, I love, I love your, what you point out about the soccer specific, what's the name of that team? Queensboro FC. Queensboro FC. I want to know about that. Because if anybody was to be the New York City dude who would care about, um, yeah, the NYCFC supporters. It's you. You, uh, if it was dope, you'd be a part of it. Um, so, Queensboro FC. I want. I'm gonna. I want to check it out. But I think 
you know, it's not going to be what MLS is, what, you know, what Cincinnati was going to the league or what but Toronto This is what I'm talking about, though. This is soccer culture, right? We don't need mm-hmm. it to, it doesn't need to be, um, it doesn't need to be a fancy, shiny MLS franchise. No, but I, I think what I'm saying is NYCFC just botched it. Because when LA, look at LAFC when they came into the league. Oh, my God. Brand new stadium, smack, you know, smack in the middle of the city, great location. Yeah. Will Ferrell's like co-owner. Yeah. Lots of hype. Lots of the first player they brought in was, um, wait, who the fuck? Vela. Yeah. Carlos Vela, like, yo, big shit. NYCFC comes in. Okay, Abu Dhabi group, city group, uh, city football group comes in to own it. Okay, Yankees are going to have a 20% stake. All right, cool. They botched the Frank Lampard thing so bad because he was supposed to be their big signing. And then it turns out, oh, he's actually still signed in Manchester City, not NYCFC. And he's not going to be here until next year. And then he comes and it's like not anything special. Um, they're stuck at Yankee Stadium. They don't have a you know brand new shining stadium to be like, yeah, this is awesome. Uh, their outreach was quite frankly terrible. I mean, you know, you look at their supporter group compared to the other ones in the league. They're a fucking joke. They had issues with fucking neo Nazis going to matches too. That's gross. Yeah. So Which, what's it gonna take know, then? What will it take for the the U.S. to matter in New York. Yeah, and and so there's a larger question in there, which is yeah. that we're the only country where the national team has to fight to get attention. The national team, by default, should get attention because it represents the country that we love. Ty's like, am I taking but, crazy? Things? What am I missing? No, but, but honestly, but also, this is this this city. This city is the crown jewel of an incredible nation that is represented by this soccer team of incredible soccer players who are international, who are dual nationals. So I, what I, what I just don't get about it is why New York wouldn't care. And and it's not it's not just New York. I'm just I'm taking that I as, think, as yeah, emblematic yeah. of like a broader like just lack of understanding, lack of knowledge. And I I you know we're trying to work on that. Like we're, we're trying to do our later. part. You guys Patreon, you're, yeah, Patreon you're subscribers, you're Patreon, doing your you're doing your part. But but what do we got to do to make this better? Um, wait for a World Cup. Yeah, yeah. I think 2018, because I remember 2014. We have to do US really well. The national team was on all the back pages. Yeah, we have to do well in a World Cup. That's a, because the, the women's national team has the country's attention. Mm-hmm. America just doesn't give a shit about losers. We just can't handle it. And so, even if it's us, even if it's yeah. especially if it's us, yeah, we don't, we can't support people like booing. Who's the, what are we? Yeah, what are we? Home, you know, what are we? Kind of shit, yeah. That's a weighted example, but what I mean, what what sports are we bad at in the Olympics? Nobody cares. No, no Americans support American teams that are bad at stuff. We support Americans that win at stuff. That's we are privileged to have enough options. So for this to change, the U.S. men's team will need to to win some shit. All right, all right. Well, I can accept that. Not just win. I mean, I think momentum was lost not qualifying for 2018. Yeah. Because I remember, I mean, 2010, that moment, yes. Landon Donovan. Yeah. That's, that's really when the national team went into, like, 
Big picture. Yeah. Big picture. And there was all over the sports channels that fucking played for a week. 2014, we get out of the knockout stages. Back page of the Daily News literally just said, what was it? Four more to go. And like, it's four sound, more to go. Yeah, wow, you know, I know that. Oh, that's crazy. Like, that's yo, crazy. And like, it was big, you know, <laughs> okay. getting out of the knockout stage. We finally, you know, overcame Ghana. Like, yeah. the time was a time. 2018, we don't qualify. And it's just like, wow, what now? But I mean, I will say, out on the street, man, I see kids in like Pulisic jerseys and shit. Like, you know, I see it in, in Jersey. I yeah, see it by me. Yeah, I see, yeah, I see more soccer jerseys than I see any other sport. And I see U.S. jerseys. Yeah. It's yeah. just the, the Commonwealth Cup is going to change, I think. Yeah, I, mean, I think you're right. I think you're right. I think it's about to pop off. Like, uh, I've noticed sometimes, like, the president comes to New York City and nobody gives a fuck. It's just like, <laughs> you know, like, it, and nobody in New York cares about anything that happens in New York, you know? <laughs> so you got to really, you got to really push the envelope yeah. to get, to get it. That's why they throw these qualifiers in fucking Cincinnati, Columbus, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Nashville, yeah. Right. you know. Somebody, yeah, yeah give that to there. someone who cares. At the very least, yeah, we can get Zach Steffen's name. <laughs> let's get, <laughs> no, let's get Zach name. Hey. Okay, y'all. Uh, All right, y'all. You did it. Uh, I love, I love a lot of things. I love Tamari Almonds. Oh, I love not soy. They're not made of soy. <laughs> it's Tamari, so don't worry about it. Uh, Gluten free. We got roasted. We got roasted on salty cashews. I love those too. Fuck with those. Um, my, my favorite, my favorite uh, nut option at the grocery store. Nut option. Is oh my goodness. Salty. This is a true product. It's called unsalty oh. nut mix. Um, try it out. It's not actually my favorite. It just tastes good. And I also like Munster cheese, but I don't like any of that shit as much as I love the nuts. It's We The Peeps. It's We The Peeps. Welcome to We The Peeps. Are you ready for We The Peeps? Holy moly, it's We The Peeps. Let's go, boys! Wait, do we get Men of The Match? Yeah, let's do the click. We'll put I'm, this after the credits. We'll see you two. I, I got, I got Timothy Weah. Tim Weah. If not Tim Weah, Weston McKinney. Um, those two. I kind of want to just for Valor sh- shout out Miles Robinson. I don't think he deserves <laughs> it necessarily, but I just feel like he definitely sacrificed the yeah, most. He, he for needs this. something. Yeah. I gotta go for Jack Steven. Hey, Jack's yeah, Jack Stevens. Yes. It's the best Jack has ever played. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely it's his first and last time. Yeah. All right, y'all. Thank you for being here. Beep boop. Beep boop. Beep boop.